Glad you like it. Beauchelle left the blade in the man's chest, then dragged the corpse to his truck. He tossed a tarp over the raised handle and all, but knew he wouldn't likely run into anybody, not where he was going. He steered the truck downhill going west, onto a creek bed with shallow puddles but no flow, and eased south over the pale and reddish rocks, the truck bucking during the rougher patches. He turned uphill below the old home place, the land now overgrown by brambles and deserted by residents, and parked on the slope. One wall of a house with an askew window could be seen still standing back in the thicket. Beauchelle's people had lived on this dirt until the government annexed it for the National Forest in the 1950s, and lazy old time had slowly reclaimed the place for trees and weeds and possums. He came here often, to sit and wander, and feel robbed of all these acres. He shoved the corpse from the truck bed, and the hatchet fell loose when the body thumped to the ground. Beauchelle set the blade back into the wound, then tamped it in snug with a boot stomp. The hatchet fell free twice more before he got Jefferson up to where his grandma's garden had been laid, and she'd grown the tangiest okra he'd ever had and oddly shaped but sweet tomatoes you just couldn't find anymore. The corpse nodded when dragged, and the head bent a bit to the side, as if he was taking an interest in this trip, noting the details, setting the picture in his mind. Beauchelle said, This all was ours, ours up until foreigners like you and yours got here from up north with fancy notions and bank money and improved everything for us. He looked on Jefferson, with his face yet smug in death, and remembered when the dead man said in that voice that came from way high in the nose, If I come across one more eating guinea, I'll shoot your dog. And Beauchelle had said, That ain't the neighborly way, mister. If and Bitsy was to rip a guinea or two, just tell us. And the dead man, so much younger and bigger and flush with money and newcomer attitudes, said, I don't give two shits about being neighborly with you people. Have you not noticed that? Now Beauchelle nudged the corpse with a boot, put his toe to the chin, and shoved the head until the face was up again. He started to crouch, but the scent was too high, and he stood back a step to say, They go for about a dollar fifty a bird, neighbor. Still seem worth it? The old original well was sided by short, stacked walls of stones. The well had gone dry long ago, in Grandpa's time, before the coffin killed him, and a slab rock the color of dirt had been slid over the gap so no playing child or adult drinking shine in the dark would wander over and fall into the hole, bust a leg or a neck. The hole was but eight feet deep, and there were a few shards of glass and earthenware scattered about the bottom where the spout had sealed shut after the water table dropped. Your new home, neighbor. Maybe I'll be back to tell you about this place. Family history. Evelyn made his favorite dish that night. She'd thawed a couple of quail, split them and fried them in the black skillet, served them with sides of chow chow and bean salad. Beauchelle had whiskey, she had her daily glass of beer, and they watched the evening news on an East Coast channel the satellite dish pulled into their front room. The traffic reports made them laugh, shake their heads, and the weather was interesting to watch, what with the cold northern temperatures and early snowflakes swirling down between sun-thwarting buildings into gray canyons, but of no use. 
When a segment about lost dogs in Brooklyn came on, he tried to turn the TV off, but Evelyn was bawling before he could find the button. She ran outside, and Beauchelle followed. She rushed past the ranks of firewood, the chopping block, a wheelless Nova that would never be fixed, and sagged against an oak tree lightning had split. Bitsy had crawled home, hurt, and collapsed beneath the split tree, gut shot, vomiting, looking up at Ev with baffled, resigned eyes. And it took two hours for her to bleed out and die with a last windy sound and a little flutter. Strands of silver hair waved across Evelyn's face, and her hands clenched onto her dress and squeezed the wad of cloth. The horses across the creek neighed in their pen, and the big house beyond was dark. Oh, Ev, he said, we'll soon get you another. There wasn't never but the one Bitsy.